Good morning. Ten years younger, eight years younger, children's church, skedaddle. <laughs> All right. So y'all are gluttons for punishment, huh? <laughs> Want me to do this again? <laughs> um, when I say the word substitute, what do you think of? What is a substitute? Webster says a substitute is anything that stands in place of something else. There are substitute teachers. There are substitute players in sports. In music, some songs have substitute lyrics. There is substitute wood products. Nick, can you turn me down to Nick? There are substitutes in medicines. In food, there is meat substitute. I don't know about that. Cheese substitute, egg substitute, sugar, salt substitute. Today, I am your substitute preacher. In religion, do we have substitutes for God? Sometimes there is a need for a substitute. If a teacher gets sick, has to be out of there, they need a substitute. If a player gets tired or gets injured, they need a substitute. If we are allergic to a medicine or a food, there is a need for a substitute. But y'all listen to me. Never, and I mean never, is there a need for a substitute when it comes to God. The last time I was up here, we took a hard look at the first commandment and what it means for us. I gave you the acrostic for the word first. I said, God is telling us to put him first in our finances, first in our interests, first in our relationships, first in our schedules, first in our troubles. Today, because these two go hand in hand, we're going to take a look at the second commandment and see what it says. So if you will, turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. It's going to be verses 4 through 6 is what we're going to look at today. Now God gave us these commandments to help us with our lives. He gave them to us for our own good. You know, we do this with our children. We give them rules to follow. If they choose to follow these rules, there will be less problems. They will be in less trouble. God gave us these rules for our own good. If we choose to follow them, we will have less problems. We will be in less trouble. The first commandment told us to put God first. Now let's read and see what the second commandment has to say. Chapter 20 of the book of Exodus, verses 4 through 6. And the Lord says, You shall not make yourselves a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. 
You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the inequities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy and to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we invite you in this morning to help us. Help us to learn more about what you're telling us in your word. Help us to learn more about this second commandment. Lord, help us to realize that there is nothing that we're supposed to be putting before you in our lives. Help us to recognize these things and to really put, it in, put them into perspective. Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. An idol is anything that takes our focus off of God. When anything is first in our lives and it is not God, it is an idol. We might say that it's a substitute. In this sense, to idolize something means to value something more than God. Some people park their idols in their garages. Some people dock their idols down here at Joe Wheeler Marina. Some people place their idols in their savings accounts or safety deposit boxes. What is your idol? What is it that you are substituting for God? Archaeologists, archaeologists, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Archaeologists have found statues and other handmade images, other handmade substitutes for God in every culture throughout history. For some reason, there's a desire of man to turn things into objects of worship. God's telling us right here in his word, don't do that. God gave us these commandments for our own good. He says to put him first in our lives. Accept no substitutes. Don't idolize anything. Now why? Why would God say that? How is this going to be harmful to us? Well, I found three reasons in the Bible. First of all, idols will disappoint us. They always promise more than they can deliver. In Jeremiah 10, 14, he says, Those who make idols are disillusioned because the gods they made are false and lifeless. On TV, companies say things like, Wear our shoes, you'll run faster and jump higher. Buy our product. You will become popular and successful. Does one really become popular and successful because of a product they buy? No. No, they don't. Idols always, say always, 
idols will always promise more than they can deliver. If we have substitutes for God, we will be disappointed by them. Have you ever ordered something off the internet or out of a mail order catalog? The picture of this item made it look awesome. I just gotta have that. This is the best of the best. So you order it and you pay for it and you get it. And it just wasn't up to snuff. It just wasn't what they built it up to be. Anytime we put anything in the place of God in our lives, we're going to experience that kind of disappointment. The second reason God says don't idolize anything is because our idols will dominate us. They control our lives. In 2 Corinthians 12, 2, it says, Before you knew Christ, you were controlled by dead idols who always led you astray. Two inevitable effects of having an idol, of having a substitute for God. They will control us. They will lead us astray. The word we use for idol today is addiction. We can be addicted to work. We can be addicted to sports. We can be addicted to drugs or alcohol or gambling. Whatever it is, though, whatever it is, it will eventually run our lives. Our addictions will control us. They will also lead us astray. When something takes the place in our lives that ought to be reserved for God, we lose our perspective. How many people do you know that have left their family or compromised their integrity or threw their convictions out the door for the promise of a promotion or fame or money? We hear these stories far too often. The second commandment says don't idolize anything. Accept no substitutes for God. Idols will disappoint us. They will dominate us. And third, they will deform us. They change us. They cause us to lose our uniqueness that God gave us. Psalm 115.8 says, Those who make idols become like them, and so will those who trust in them. We will become like whatever is first in our lives. I think we better reserve that spot for God. Now one time, there was a rich young ruler. He came to Jesus and said, Jesus, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus told him, go. Sell everything you've got and then come follow me. Now what's interesting here is that not one other time in the Bible could I find where Jesus told that to anybody else. He only said that to this guy. Why? 
It was because he knew what the idol was in this fellow's life. He knew that this guy was substituting money in the place of God. Jesus told him, give it up, and then come follow me. What do we need to give up today? What is it that we're holding on to that's keeping us from being all that God wanted us to be? Whatever it is, whatever we are substituting for God, it will disappoint us, dominate us, and deform us. Now some of you may have seen the Indiana Jones movie, The Last Crusade. In the last scene, they find the Holy Grail. But there was an earthquake and the earth splits. There was a woman that had been trying to get the grail through the whole movie. She falls into the crevice that was created by this earthquake. She's either got to grab the grail or let it go to save her life. She couldn't let go. God says, for your own good, don't let anything get first place in your life. Keep him first and accept no substitutes. But there's a second part to this commandment. The first part, don't idolize anything. Accept no substitutes. The second part, worship only God. Now, worship means to give my highest love and highest devotion to only God deserves that. Only God deserves our highest loyalty. Not any person or any career or any object. You know, it blows my mind to think of things that people worship from trees to stars to pyramids to statues, good luck charms, and the list goes on and on. Why would people want to make a God out of these things? I'm going to tell you today. First of all, it's an attempt to limit God's location. You see, it makes people feel better if they know where God's at. If God is in a statue or in a box or in a pyramid, they know He's not watching them all the time. They don't want God to see everything that they're doing. If they can make God an object, they think that they've got him under control. It's limiting his location. Secondly, it's an attempt to reduce God's power and size. You see, if I have God in a statue or in a box. He's less imposing. He's less threatening that way. He's not everywhere. He can't do everything from this statue. He's more manageable. Thirdly, they want to control God. When someone has an idol, a substitute for God, the worshiper, 
has more control than whatever it is being worshipped. They want a God they can manipulate. It's like this joke I heard. There was this little boy who wanted a bicycle. So he goes to his mom and he tells her, Mom, I want this new bicycle. His mom said, well, you know what, son? You need to pray about this bicycle. So he goes to his room, up the steps, down the hall, and he gets in his room, and he says, you know what? I'm going to do one better. I'm going to write Jesus a letter about this bicycle. So he gets down there at his desk, and he gets his chair out, and he gets his pencil, and he starts out, dear Jesus. I have been a good boy all year long. He thought about that and his conscience weighed on him. He said, that's not right. So he wads that piece of paper up and he throws it in the garbage can and he starts again. Dear Jesus, I've been a good boy most of the time. He knew that wasn't right either. So he wads that piece of paper up and he throws that in the garbage can. He starts again. Dear Jesus, I want to be a good boy. <laughs> but you know what? He knew that wasn't right either. So he throws that in the garbage can. And a little light bulb comes on over his head and he says, I got an idea. So he runs out of his room and down the hall, down the steps, through the living room, to the statue of Mary that was on the fireplace mantel. He grabs that statue, runs back out of the living room, up steps, down the hall, into his bedroom. He wraps it in a quilt and throws it under his bed. He sits down at his desk and he starts again. Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again. <laughs> People attempt to limit God's location, reduce his power and size, and try to control God, they try to manipulate God by worshiping idols, by having substitutes for God. God says that's not the way we do it. That's not it at all. We are to put God first, worship Him only, and accept no substitutes. Now you've heard the bad news. Our idols, our substitutes will disappoint dominate and deform. Here's the good news. There are benefits of worshiping only God and putting God first in our lives. God gave us these commandments for our own good. If we choose to follow His commandments and worship Him only, He will delight us. We will have fulfillment. Psalm 37.4 Seek your happiness in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire just listen to that promise seek your happiness in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire God says put me first love me first worship me first and I will give you Fulfillment. Romans 10, 11. Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Don't settle for an image of God 
An image is only a shadow of the real thing. Another benefit of worshiping only God, he will deliver us. Freedom. The Bible says we will experience freedom like we've never felt if we will put God in first place in our lives. Incredible freedom. Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32, If you obey my teaching, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then in verse 36, he goes on to say, If the Son sets you free, you will really be free. Putting God in first place, accepting no substitutes, sets us free. Because we won't be worrying about the approval of other people. We will only be focusing on the approval from God. On pleasing God. It sets us free from expectations and the approval of others. And it sets us free from our past. We've been completely forgiven. Free in our present. We have a new power to do things. A new power to break habits. 